Friday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and today, man, do we have a great episode for you today. But think of this. After today, you have six more chapters left before you complete the whole Bible from cover to cover for the whole year. So, as we celebrate that, we're going to celebrate that on New Year's Eve at 7 o'clock. My wife and I are going to stream live to the Daily Walk Facebook group and to Compassion Church. That's if you search Facebook, that's online.entity. If you put it in the search, you'll go to it. Or you can do facebook.com forward slash online.entity. And that'll give you Compassion Church. And we're going to stream and do this podcast of what our favorite parts of getting through the Bible were for this past year. Kind of a rehash of what really spoke to us in the past year. My wife will be with me, my wife Karen. And it's just going to be a good time to celebrate getting through the Bible in a year. And we want you to join us because it's going to be a good time and just fellowship together. So good stuff. And today is good stuff. Today is chapters 14 through 16. And we get to, we get to see something that's really interesting. We get to see how God is just, how God uh, will separate. You know, Jesus talked about in Matthew 24 how he will separate the lambs from the goats. And in the end, he will conquer and rise above all evil. And evil will be done away with forever. And, and you know, that obviously is heaven. And heaven comes down, and, and it's just going to be amazing, right? But there's going to be final judgment, too. And what we have to realize is if we're not living marked by God, okay, and, and we have to get past this thing about having some physical mark on us, we have to be, be able to live for Jesus so that people know it, right? And so that's, we have to do that. And if we're not living like that, then to escape final judgment is going to be virtually impossible because that's going to boil down to the simplest thing in our life that we had a decision to make and we chose the not to make it. The decision was, do you choose Christ Yes or no? And we chose no. So in Revelation 14, it talks about how John sees 
the lamb standing on Mount Zion. And, of course, the lamb is the, is the Messiah. Mount Zion is the Jerusalem. It's the new Jerusalem. You know, the Jerusalem is where the city of David was, you know, and it was always looked at as, as the big place where they kept the covenant and all that, right, city of David. And, and there was that 144,000 who were marked, okay? So that represents the difference between the people that are followers of Christ and those that are not, right? It's 12 times 12 times 1,000, the completion, the ones that are following Jesus completely, sold out to Christ, all right? Don't get hung up on the number as much as we need to be hung up on. Are we completely sold out to Christ? And so he hears a sound from heaven like the roar of a mighty ocean and rolling thunder and many harpists playing. And there's this great song being sung at the, in front of the throne of God. And the four living beings and the 24 elders, remember them from earlier? They're the ones leading all this. And the only ones that can learn this song are the ones that are completely sold out to Christ, the ones that have come to completion in Christ, all right? Because they have kept themselves as pure as virgins, it says, following the lamb wherever he goes. Now remember, following is used in this. And other terms for following would be obeying, all right? But remember, I always try to, define obeying farther because obeying is to follow or to abide with and and so here they use following following the lamb wherever he goes that's 14 verse 4 they have been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to god and the of and to the lamb they have told no lies and they are without blame so they're purchased by the blood of the lamb because jesus gave his all for them and now they're given their all for him so they are the first fruits of what they have decided to follow jesus i have decided to follow jesus one of the greatest things that i like about this is it brings me to the thought how do you how do you Reveal your mark, that you're marked by Jesus, that you are a follower of Jesus. And it's all in your witness, your testimony. You don't have to always speak it. It's all in your actions, interactions, or reactions. I've said that millions of times. And it takes me to that song, I Speak Jesus. That's one of my favorite songs, and I just think that's really huge because we really have to reveal to people that we are not of the world, even though we're in the world. And that's how we reveal to them that we are marked. And we are marked because when people see that, it's either one thing I always tell people, you got to show people that you love Jesus and you're crazy about him because the two, one of two things are going to happen. They're either going to want what you have and they're going to say, hey, how do I get this Jesus? Or they're going to think you're totally crazy and want to stay away from you because they don't want any of that. You know, of course, we hope they want Jesus, right? But one of the things we got to do is just really reveal Jesus. And if you uh, YouTube search that song, I Speak Jesus, you'll love it. It's super good. 
because it, it speaks to the way we all were once. We were that person once, and someone spoke Jesus to us, and so that saves us. So I saw another angel flying through the sky. Oh, there's three angels that come. I, I got ahead of myself a little bit. And what the first angel he sees is, is flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted, give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. So what's happening is the first angel is going around, giving, preaching the word, sharing the gospel message, trying to get more people he's speaking jesus to try and get more people to follow jesus because he says worship him who made the heavens the earth the sea and all the springs of water he's not you know so many people think we got to go around condemning people you got to change your ways or you're going to hell that's not what jesus did that's not speaking jesus that's truth but that's not how jesus shared truth All right, and so we have to speak Jesus. And another angel from the sky goes around, and he's shouting, Babylon has fallen. Now, this is huge because this has a lot of meaning. The great city has fallen because she made all the nations of the world drink wine of the passionately immor passion, no, immor passionate sorry, immorality. So, you know, in the time, Babylon was the, the known for its uh, brutality, its cruelty, you know, that's where Nineveh was, a part of Babylon. It was the capital city of Babylon. It was not a good place. Babylon was the place where they were exiled to. Uh, and then the Assyrians came and took that over. And, and so Babylon is just known as their main nemesis that really caused the Jewish people, Hebrew people, a lot of grief, right? So that's why John is putting that in there. Babylon has fallen. The persecution part is over, okay? This is what the angel is showing them. We're going to get away from that. But here's what's more important that we got to know and what the scholars have found. In the time of John's writing of this, you know, he is exiled to the island of Patmos, in prison there and he's writing from there and he's writing in the spirit because if we go back to you know the beginning of revelation it says well, i was worshiping in the spirit and this came to me all right so when we worship in the spirit a lot of things happen we get we get insight but he's there because the roman government was so harsh and while what the scholars have found out is while they were the ones that caused the most grief just as bad as as Babylon did because they used to persecute the Christians and they used to do public uh, uh, public things to them that was just humiliation and, and discord to them. They knew, Paul knew that he couldn't write that in the Bible. So in Parallel to that is Babylon from their history. Remember I said everything is cyclic? So if we look at it in a cyclic pattern, then 
this is the pattern of good and evil. So the persecution and the evil that we face today from whatever is causing it to us, we can be assured that it is going to fall because the word says so. Your Babylon will fall because it says so right here in the Bible. And I don't know about you, but that's exciting to me. So, you know, for them it was Babylon from the early settings. It's the Babylonian time like Rome is compared to that as too in, in John's setting of this time. So whatever your Babylon is at this time, or your Rome time, be assured that it will fall because God is going to have the final word. And I have a friend that has a book out that's called uh, 40 will, 41 Will Come. That's the 41st day, and it has to do with the 40 days uh, that um, – Moses was doing things, but what it really says is in the book, and I'm getting to the point here, is God has the final word because he was being persecuted for a decision he needed to make for his son's life, and he chose life, and in his decision, God rewarded him, and his son's life was spared where everybody else wanted him to pull the plug on his son. And so... That's a long story brief, okay? So know that your Babylon will fall. And then the third angel comes shouting and says this. This is why we got to make sure that we're in completion. We're completely sold out to Christ. Because he says anyone who has worshipped the beast and his statue, who accepts the mark on their forehead or their hand, must drink the wine of God's anger because it's going to be poured out in full strength from God's cup of wrath. And they will be tormented in burning sulfur in the presence of uh, the holy angels and the lamb. So God's going to see to it that those who don't have his mark but took the life of the world and the prince of the world, who we know is Satan, right, the beast, are going to have eternal damnation. And he's going to see to it, because it says so right here. He's going in the presence of his angels and the lamb. He's going to see to it. And their smoke, the smoke of their torment will rise forever. It's eternal. So what's that say? That says that here's the thing. We all have an eternity. <laughs> Where are we going to spend it? Wow. Because here's what he, God wants to encourage us with in this. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit. They are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. So what's he saying? He's saying, look, you have been marked for Jesus. You're completely sold out to Jesus. And if people persecute you, if people cut you off from everything else, if your Babylon 
takes you to death. Remember, James was killed by the sword. Peter was going to be, and then he was ended up being crucified upside down. And then all these bad things happen to people in the name of the Lord. He's saying, if you persevere and you hang on to the mark that you are completely sold out to Jesus no matter what, then eternity is yours. Because here's what's happening. John sees, it's not just words. John sees, this is what he's seeing, a white cloud and seated on the cloud was the son of man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand and another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, swing the sickle for the right time of harvest has come. The crop on the earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud, which would be the Messiah, swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. So that day's coming. That day's coming when the Lord's going to cast his final judgment. And if we're not completely sold out to Jesus, then we're going to be sold out to the ways of the world. And in that wrath, we're going to get to see what that's going to be. We're going to not have heaven. That's for sure. We're going to be smoldering forever in the, in the, the ways of the death. And so what's he trying to do? He's not trying to scare anybody. What he's trying to do is tell us, man, you need to have Jesus. We want Jesus. Jesus saves. He gave his. Here's the thing. Jesus gave his life for us voluntarily he said you didn't come to me i came to you and i give my life willingly john 15 13 no greater love has any man than one that would lay down his life for a friend and he calls you friend wow so John 15, or Revelation 15, sorry, John's book of Revelation, chapter 15. It has some significance to it because we get where he sees another angel and uh, he actually sees seven and they're holding the last plagues. These are the plagues that God's gonna pour out on the people on judgment day, those who have not accepted Christ. And man, I don't know. I, I don't want to be here on this day. I, I want the rapture to have taken place. I want him to already have taken us to heaven, okay? Because I don't want to be here for this. And what happens is he sees them, and he sees it there, and he sees them holding harps, and they're giving God the glory, and they're singing this song it's the song of Moses. And what's interesting is this is in Revelation 15, and it's about deliverance. Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways, O King of the nations, who will not fear you, Lord, and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. You are holy, holy. All nations will come and worship you and your righteous deeds have been revealed. So what's really gonna happen, and 
is people are going to worship him whether they know him or not because even if as they're dying out because of the their worldly ways they're going to be wishing they'd have made the decision for him earlier and they're going to know that he is god right and what's interesting is this is in revelation 15 and it's the song of moses but that same song is in Exodus 15. And remember, Exodus 15 was about deliverance because Moses and the people had been delivered from Pharaoh and the Egyptians. But now we're going to be delivered from a world of pestilence, a world of sin, a world of persecution, a world of pain, a world of sickness, a world of all those diseases and, and all that stuff. We're going to be delivered once and for all. Our Babylon is going to fall. And it says he saw and looked at the temple in heaven and God's tabernacle was thrown wide open. See, we have a perfect opportunity to go straight to the king. But if we wait till the 11th hour and he comes in the 10 and a half hour, if he comes at 1030, it's too late. So the doors swing wide open and the seven angels come out holding the seven plagues and they're clothed in spotless white linen. And then the temple is filled with the Holy Spirit, the smoke of God's glory and power, and no one can enter the temple because the presence of the Lord is so thick. Remember, it's just like when the Lord entered the temple, you know, which was the tabernacle back then that traveled with them, and they couldn't go in because the presence of the Lord was so real, and it was the big, thick cloud just like it is here, the smoke. And the angels, that no one can enter this temple now until all the seven angels complete pouring out the seven plagues. So in chapter 16, the seven angels are given seven bowls. And, of course, the seven bowls are filled with the plagues. And so the first angel pours out his bowl on the earth, and the whole earth breaks out and malignant sores broke out everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. So we get clarity here. One, remember the first time they poured stuff out, it was only a third of the earth. Remember the horsemen? They only went around a third of the earth. Now it's the whole earth. But just like Passover, where we put the blood of the lamb over the doorpost and doorframe, the angel of death went past those because they belonged to God. Now if you have that mark upon you that says, I am complete, I have reached completion and I am sold out to Jesus Christ. There your heart has been circumcised. You have given your all to Jesus. You don't have the mark of the world that says I belong to the world. Then you are safe from this because it says anyone, everyone who has the mark of the world, the beast, and worshiped his statue, the ways of the world are death. And they get this plague. And then the second bowl was poured out on the sea, and it became like a blood of a corpse, and everything in it died. And then the third bowl was poured out by the angel, the third angel, and the rivers and springs became blood. 
And so the fourth, uh, the fourth angel pours out his bowl on the sun, causing it to scorch everyone with its fire. Can you imagine that? <laughs> that's like nuclear. That to me, that's like a nuclear blast, right? And he sends it to those because they didn't repent of their sins and turn to God. Man, I don't know, people. I want to have Jesus. And I'm not trying to scare people, but I want to have Jesus. I don't want to be in this place. And he's made it clear it's everyone who has the mark of the beast. And what do we have? The beast is the world because the world makes us a beast. Man, I know someone right now that is worldly as all get out, and they are the most unpleasant person to be around. Because they're angry, they have angry outbursts, everything is negative, and they are always on somebody's case. Sometimes it's mine. And the Lord put me there to try, and the Lord told me, he's your job. And I'm like, whoa. And the only thing I can do, imagine this. I have this mark, and he has that mark, and the two marks meet, and then all I think, and I, I listen to this song every day over and over and over, is I speak Jesus. And if you don't have a relationship with Christ that's going every day where you spend time with Jesus and you get filled with his spirit and you get encouraged by him every day and you let him lead you and you let him encourage you and you let him strengthen you and let him build you up, reinforce all the things that you're about, then that other mark of the world will be able to start interjecting and influencing you because the ways of the world, you remember Jesus said his path is narrow, his road is narrow, but the road of the world is wide and much easier. And so what I have to do is always, I pray every morning lots and long, and I listen to the song lots, which doesn't do it for me, but I read my Bible every day, not just the daily walk, but other stuff to keep me strong. And I know that the Lord is there, so I pray without ceasing because I know that I need the protection and the strength of the Lord to get me through. <laughs> now, I don't see this guy that often, but I know that when I see him, and I see him often enough, that I have to be in the center of God's will so that Greater is he, remember 1 John 4, 4? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Because God give us all authority in Luke 9 to stamp out all, to, to cast out all sickness and disease and all demons. So I should never cower down. But remember, in Revelation, that whole world thing is described as a beast. And those numbers associate with Emperor Nero. So it's all like, come on, we are in a big battle. And remember, Paul wrote back in 
Ephesians, the battle we're in is not against people. It's not against flesh and blood. It's against the principalities of darkness. And that's the one thing I had to keep reminding myself. It's not the person. It's the principalities that are driving the person. And so I have to rebuke it and cast it out. So, you know, we have to see that because those people did not repent of their sins. And so those people in that fourth angel pouring out his bowl, they get scorched by the sun right now. And I don't want to be that person to you. So then the fifth angel pours out his bowl on the throne of the beast. Okay? So here we are. The fifth angel pours out his bowl on the throne of the beast, and he was plunged into darkness. And his subjects, which would be his demons, ground their teeth in anguish, and they cursed the God of heaven for their pains and sores. But they didn't repent. Now remember the first beast, the little beast, which it doesn't say little beast, it just says the beast. So we got to think this is Satan and all his demons and he's cast into, you know, he's cast into darkness, right? So he's in darkness now. And that is really a lot like people represented when, when we are told, here, here's what's interesting. When we are told we are going to have repercussions for our actions and our actions weren't upstanding, a lot of times, even though we know those were our actions and we know they weren't upstanding, we get angry with the one enforcing the repercussions. Even though they're just upholding the rules and regs that were set for us, we are mad at them as if they did something wrong when it's really us that did the wrong and we're mad at the messenger or the person upholding that. And here the angel is pouring out the bowl because God told him to and they're mad at the angel and they're mad at God because he's holding on to what he said. Remember, Moses didn't get to go to the promised land because he hit the rock the second time instead of just talking to it, which illustrates to us that if we want to be like God, if we want to be completion, reach completion and be totally sold out to God, there is no room for a lack of total obedience. Ah, somewhere we have to see that. And so we are either going to be like these people in this Bible verse and be mad at God because he's upholding justice. He has to uphold justice or heaven wouldn't be heaven. Or we are going to say, I don't want to be in this position. Lord, I want you to be in my life. Because the sixth angel comes and pours out his bowl on the great Euphrates River and dries up everything so that the kings from the east could march their armies toward the west without hindrance. And then he sees the three evil spirits that look like frogs leap from the mouths of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet. These are the demonic spirits. Spirits. 
all right? And they all got into this gigantic battle. They gather everybody together for battle. Remember this battle? And the Lord Jesus says, look, I'm coming as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are those who are watching for me who keep their clothing ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed because these demonic spirits are gathering all the rulers and there's going to be this place and they're going to have this big fight against where battles of the battle between good and evil get together. And you've probably heard this many times. It's the battle of Armageddon. It's the last battle. It's right here. Chapter 16, verse 16. It's the Hebrew name, Armageddon. Wow. And when that happens, you know, the lamb wins, right? He won at the cross. He's going to win again. Right? The seventh angel pours his bowl into the air. And a mighty shout came from the throne of the temple. And you know what he said? The same thing he said at the cross when he conquered sin at the cross. And he conquers evil at Armageddon. He will say it again. It is finished. See, when Jesus said it is finished, what he meant when he said it is finished, one of the things he meant with that is we no longer have to live on our own. We no longer have to live without the help of knowing we have a Savior. We no longer have to live with fear of knowing where we're going to go. We can know that we're going to be with Jesus in paradise because this battle between what's going to happen with us after death is over. It's finished. Now we can be sure if we just believe in Jesus. And because we've believed in Jesus and we've been marked by Jesus and because we've said, I want Jesus completely in my life, when the stuff hits the fan and the battle of good and bad hits and good wins, the thunder rolls and the lightning flashes and the greatest earthquake ever to happen since people were on the earth will hit and the the Babylon that you've ever had will split into places and every island will disappear and the mountains will be leveled and we'll hear it is finished. And what Paul writes is we hope to hear well done thy good and faithful servant. But those who don't know Jesus will obviously be mad at the messenger, be mad at the enforcer, and be cursing him because of all the things he upholds to keep a place that is just and perfect for those who have followed him. I don't know about you, but as we get to the end of the year, my hope is in Jesus, and all my hope is in Jesus. And I hope, not by some fear factor that's coming out of this, I'm trying to simplify it as best I can without without leaving out the important stuff. My hope is that we will want 
a meaningful relationship with Christ. Because God's made it clear that in the last days, we will be persecuted as followers of Jesus because the mark of him will be so revealing that people will do things to make it uncomfortable for us. And unless we persevere that, we will fall back into the old ways, and God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to hold on to the salvation we have and be completely sold out to him so we're marked for the ones that he saves. Because I don't want to be affected by the bowls when they pour them out. Do you? So with six chapters to go, let's start making our minds up that, hey, not only am I going to finish the Bible, I'm going to stay in the Bible after this year, and I want a meaningful relationship with Christ. Have a happy Friday, and let's finish this work. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like rain, washing my